0: Do you long to be inspired? Seeking motivation? I created this podcast because I'm inspired by people out there in the world who are designing the lives of their dreams and doing their part to make the world a better place. These conversations are meant to inspire you to pursue the life you've always wanted to live. I'm Sean, and I'd like to invite you to think outside the lines. Hey, everybody, and welcome. This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash O-T-L podcast. You've got over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Visit audibletrial.com slash O-T-L podcast to get started today. My guest today wants to help you find love. And if you've already found it, she wants to help you keep it. Now, you may remember her as one of the stars of Bravo's Millionaire Matchmaker as the apprentice to Patty Stanger. She's since gone on to build her own matchmaking empire, helping people find the love of their dreams. It's time to think outside the lines with the lovely Chelsea Autumn. All right, welcome to the show, Chelsea Autumn. How are you?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: So good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Uh, now I always start off my interviews with some icebreaker questions and it kind of helps everybody get to know you a bit. And I know you didn't prepare for this, but it's going to be all right. Are you okay?
1: I'm okay. Okay.
0: Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, what three words would you use to describe yourself?
1: Oh gosh, you really are putting me on the spot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh gosh, uh, social, creative and generous.
0: Love it. I would agree with all those things. Okay, Thank you. Uh, what is the, your greatest desire in life at the moment?
1: Um, you know, my greatest desire is really helping others um, understand themselves and understand their lives and why they are where they are and how they can get to where they want to be.
0: Uh, love it. It's going to be a great episode. I can tell already. Uh, what is currently your favorite song?
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, I've been listening to nonstop Christmas music. So, <laughs> so I don't really know on that one, actually. Right now. All,
0: right, all right. I'll take Christmas music. It's fine. Okay. We're actually recording this the week after Christmas, so just in case people are wondering why in February you're listening to Christmas music. Um, <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs>
0: tell me about uh, someone that you admire.
1: Um, I mean, I admire my mom. I actually admire my therapist. I admire my family. I admire everyone that I work with, um, all my clients, because I really learn from everyone that I meet. Um, so I admire a lot of people
0: great, great attitude. I like it. Um, tell me about the best thing that's happened to you this week.
1: This week. Um, the best thing is I've spent time with a family, um, spending time with my nephew who's 14. So that's an exciting journey. Seeing him go through the teenage angst years. Um, yeah, just spending time with family.
0: Nice. I love it. Uh, you can recommend one book that will change someone's life. What is it?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, um, the one that just came to mind, it's called Ask and it is Given. And it's by Jerry and Esther Hicks.
0: Oh, my gosh. I've read that. You have? Yes. Yeah. I actually – one of the first people I interviewed for my show is a woman. Her name is Susan Young. And she actually wrote a book called How to Allow. you Uh have to check it out. It's amazing. It's based on, like, all the Abram Hicks stuff. But it's kind of her take on it. Really good book.
1: I'll check that out.
0: Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you, Chelsea. Now, you and I have known each other for – oh, my gosh – several years at this point, um, and we've worked together in a variety of capacities, but one of the things that I've always really admired about you is how humble and down-to-earth you are. And oh, thank you. I'm actually really excited to talk about love today, um, because I think that's a topic that's on everybody's mind, especially this time of year. So I want you to tell us a little bit about your background, and I maybe talk a little bit about what you believe your message that you were brought here to share with the world is.
1: Sure. Um, well, I've been matchmaking for, I guess, like 12 years now. Um, and I match made my parents. My best friend in third grade is now my sister. Um, so I've kind of just had a knack for it. It was nothing I ever like sought out, but, um, I've managed to do well with it. And I have amazing clients that I've match made and, and I really love what I do. And I think my, my purpose is to bring others together, but also to like help individuals and couples gain insight into their lives so that they can live a more harmonious life in the way that they want to live.
0: I love this. no, yeah. go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to say in happiness. So
0: I know it's yeah. kind of corny, but... <laughs> you know what? It's not corny. I think that um, happiness is one of those things that I think is so subjective. And my perspective on happiness is that you can really only be happy right now. And I think that a lot of people are like longing to be happy later in the future or something. And that doesn't ever come if you're not happy in the moment. Would you agree with that?
1: I, I completely agree.
0: Awesome. Um, okay, so I want to ask you, let's just get right to it. What do you see people doing wrong... Out there in the dating game
1: um you know I think the biggest thing is um is that people uh are not open to others that might not fit their checklist and also on making assumptions I feel like a lot of people live in the defensive a lot of times and want to and then they project that the other oh they didn't call me back right this minute they're not into me or you know it's just oh he's two inches shorter than I wish he would be so I'm not going to talk to him And I think just um, I think that's the biggest thing is that people are not open because I feel like a lot of people are afraid of love, of real, real love and really letting their guard down.
0: Interesting. So you think that I don't really want someone two inches taller. I just I'm not ready for that at all yet. And so I'm using that as an excuse. Is that kind of what you're saying?
1: Partially. I mean, I think it's okay to have um, certain uh, checklist items, you know, maybe like five. But I think when we get to be too picky I think that we're leaving, you know, maybe, you know, the person of our dreams out and we're not even giving them a chance.
0: Interesting. I like that, actually. I've never kind of looked at it that way. Um, Now, a lot of people are really impatient, I think, when it comes to finding love. What are some things that we can do in the meantime while we're waiting to check off those boxes?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is like singles can work on getting to know themselves better because... Um, a lot of times we look for a partner to kind of complete us, you know, like Jerry, Jerry Maguire, you complete me. Um, but we actually need to find that within, um, and complete ourselves. And once we kind of do that and work on ourselves and what really makes us happy and makes us we have joy is, um, what's going to attract the other person to us.
0: I really like that a lot. What are some tools and resources that you personally either use or share that, kind of help people through that. Cause I think it's one thing to hear that like, oh yeah, I should be working on myself, but does that mean I read books? Do I go to conference? Like, what does that mean exactly?
1: Right. I mean, I think it could mean any of those things. I mean, it could be reading books. It could be, you know, going to, you know, take a class, take a cooking class, take a pottery class, go to the beach. I mean, do something where you can actually interact with people though, as opposed to just like every now, nowadays people are just on their headphones and just zoning everyone else out or on their phones will actually put down the phone and kind of join something where you can interact with others and get to know yourself at the, at the same time.
0: Yeah. I like that. Um, uh, I want to talk a little bit about settling and we touched upon it a second ago with respect to like those check boxes that we have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, do you think settling is necessary to a degree or do you think that we can find like that like, perfect love for us that we a hundred percent want? Um, you know, I
1: think, Like anything else, I think we learn from others. So I don't want to say like if a relationship doesn't work out that it wasn't a good experience you didn't learn from it. Um, I don't think we have to settle. I think a lot of people do settle because it's a safe place. Um, But even though it's safe, you know, living in our comfort zones, it doesn't feed our souls. So I think um, the word patience in love, as hard as it is, is the only thing that will actually work and bring you the love that you really want.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, how do you help people deal with scars from previous relationships? Like, let's say someone comes to you and, you know, they want to be set up with someone, but they just have all this crap that they have, that they're still kind of dealing with. How do you help them kind of deal with those scars and make room for what they're actually wanting to bring into their life?
1: I think really, um, looking at those scars and really bringing them to the surface and working through them, um, is something that's going to heal the person um, and have them accept and heal those scars. So I think, I mean, going to therapy, doing things that are healing, I mean, those kind of things are really going to heal those parts of ourselves, um, so that we don't, we don't, um, keep them shoved down, you know, and we're actually bringing them to the surface and we're okay with it. Um, and we love ourselves for those scars. So I think that then we'll attract someone that will love us for those too.
0: Absolutely. That's good stuff. What do you believe are the keys to sustaining a successful long-term relationship? Because I think in this day and age, (laughs) um, long-term can for some of us mean like weeks or months uh, and not necessarily the years that like our parents and grandparents kind of experience. So what's your take on that?
1: Um, I think communication, which I'm sure a lot of people say, but I think wanting communication is huge. Wanting the same things at the same time um, is another big one. I think forgiveness um, is huge um, and growing in the same direction is a big one. Um, and then also like one of my favorite ones actually is positive reinforcement. So the more that we ignore or not totally, but kind of ignore, um, the negative behavior and then really praise the positive behavior that our significant others are doing. Um, I think that they're going to want to do more of those. So I think just kind of treating them how we want to be treated, um, and doing a lot of that positive reinforcement, I think will really help any relationship
0: yeah I agree with that actually I think um, one of the things and I actually had highlighted this in some of my questions I wanted to ask you but I think that as we grow individually it's very easy for a relationship with our partner that's also growing to suffer right Mm -hmm. so what are some ways that we can I liked what you said about maybe positive affirmations and that kind of stuff but what are some other ways that we can make sure that we're growing in a similar direction to our partner and not like opposite directions right typically what happens
1: Right. Well, I think a lot of times if you're growing together, you're doing things together. So to continue to do things together, bring out that, to bring you together, to bring you closer. Um, anything that you can do, activities together, I mean, finding that common denominator of what you both like and working on that and doing it together, I think is the main thing.
0: Um, yeah. yeah. Um, why, do you, why do you think ultimately love fades?
1: I don't really think love fades. I think attraction fades.
0: Oh, that's good. I agree with that. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I think, I think with every love, I think we'll still have a part of We still love that person. We just might not be in love with them. Um, but I think it, sometimes it just, it changes. Like, I think one, like you were saying one person is growing, the other person's growing in the other direction or one person's not growing and they're stagnant and you're growing. So you kind of grow out of that. So you can grow out of love, but I don't think that the love really changes or fades. It changes. It doesn't fade.
0: Yeah, I I like that, actually. Let's talk for a second about attraction because I think Mm -hmm. that's something that, especially with, like, when you're in your 20s and 30s in particular, you kind of, that's the first thing that draws you to someone. But as we all know, like, that absolutely fades at some point. So do you think it's possible to like I always envision like there's like 60 and 70 year olds listening that are like, shut up, it doesn't fade. Like you have to work to keep it alive, right? Because there's people that are still like sexually active in their relationships and well into their, you know, golden years, if not more so than previously. So what do you think are some things people can do if they're in a relationship to to keep that attraction going or maybe re spark that attraction if it's been lost to some degree?
1: Right. I mean, I think basically doing things together, um, is the biggest thing. Um, doing things that are both of you where you're outside of your comfort zone. So traveling or, you know, doing a class or something, or I don't know, skydiving, just anything where you can, can get to know each other on a different level instead of just the day to day kind of, you know, go to work, come home, make dinner, and then start the routine again. You know, make sure that you take that time to do different things together, travel together. Um, just start that pre like the early dating stages again.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Um, why do you think so many of us are challenged and I use us, I'm not speaking for you. I'm just generically speaking. Um, why do you think so many of us are challenged by love and finding that right person in 2015 or 2016 rather?
1: Um, I think that it's difficult in this day and age. Um, with the whole, all the swiping, you know, the tinders and the,
0: the attention span more than anything else. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then it's like, ooh, Ooh, I got some, we both like each other. And then it's like, sometimes you talk, sometimes you don't. Um, I think that in some ways the internet and the computer is great because it brings people together that might not normally be able to meet, but in a lot of ways too, it kind of is like a barrier, um, for people to really get to know each other.
0: Yeah, what I think is interesting about online dating, and I completely agree. It's I'm such like, I'm so torn about it because, in one respect, you do have this like amazing accessibility to to a variety of different types of people all over the world, essentially, right? That right. to your point, you know, you might not ordinarily connect with, but then you have this weird thing. I think, and I've always felt this is strange about online dating is that you almost get to know someone backward. So like, yeah, you had that initial like they show their best picture if you will. And so you're like, oh, cool. I'm attracted to them physically, I think. Right. But then maybe you have a couple like you chat on text or you talk on the phone for a little bit and then you can start to like develop that connection, so to speak. But then you meet in person and you're like, oh, my God, the chemistry is not there. Oh, my God. Like you don't look like I expected or and I just think that that's such a backward way of of really connecting with someone.
1: Right. And I think also, too, I think um, in order to find the right person, like we must be that right person. If we like look at ourselves more, instead of looking at what that other person can give us, um, we'll attract the right person. I
0: think. For sure. I, I want to actually talk about self love for a moment, because I okay. think how I know that personally, it definitely is important <laughs> in terms of attracting someone into your life. Because if you mm-hmm. don't love yourself, and you don't love those amazing qualities about yourself, then someone else is never going to even see them, let alone love them, right? Right. What's your perspective on all that?
1: Um, it's kind of like flying. I was just flying recently, and we know when they do the the flight attendant tells you put your ox, put the mother to put the mother her oxygen mask on first before the child. Um, we have to do that in love. We have to like love ourselves first because no one else is going to be able to fill that need in us. They can bring more love to the table, but we have to kind of fill
0: that love first. That's good. Put I them. never thought about that metaphor. Put your mask on first.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put your mask on first because then you're not going to be able to be the best person that you can be for the other person.
0: Totally. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Let's go back to like the online dating app stuff for just a second. I, I think that um, personally, I believe in like challenging the status quo and all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to know what you think of love and how we pursue it today versus like we were talking about before, even 10 years ago, how it's evolved and kind of where you see it going in -hmm. the future, maybe less apps, more connectivity in person. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think um, in some ways I really like the apps and other ways I think it can be hard because there's a lot of people that we probably swipe left for that could be. Uh, a good match um but just based on a couple pictures it's automatically a no um and especially too i think for women um we women fall in love more uh you know through the ears and through even men too just in person um we need that that touch that human interaction so i'm not sure specifically maybe they can i think there's probably video chats and things like that um But I think just to once you make that match, get on the phone and hear that person's voice and then meet in person, like really just take it to that next level a little bit faster.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that, actually. Um, What what do you think is going to change as we because I feel like we're just becoming so independent as a society Mm -hmm. like I know personally, like. I've been in long-term relationships, I've been single, and there's moments when I just feel like being single really is the better solution, because I feel like I'm more productive, I accomplish more, like, and I feel like we're almost trending in that area, like, trending that way as a society, like, I have a lot of friends that are kind of in the same boat.
1: Right, Um, yeah, because it's, sometimes it's safer, I think, um, in relationships, sometimes we kind of become a little codependent, and then we, it's like, Sometimes you almost feel suffocated in a little bit because you can't be yourself, but you have to, or you can be yourself, but you also have to be this partner, and it just can be all consuming sometimes. And then it's like sometimes easier for people to just be independent. Um, but I think, I think the best thing is to just be interdependent, you know, and like it's kind of like the oxygen mask again. Like take care of yourself first, but make sure after you do that to take care of your partner.
0: Yeah, I like that. Just
1: be mutually dependent as opposed to just so enmeshed in the relationships which sometimes happens
0: yeah I think too that's another thing I think I've been reading a lot lately about things like love addiction and just how like sometimes we we gravitate toward like the wrong people Mm -hmm. um and I think that sometimes that's what keeps it like if we know that's our pattern (laughs) right we're just kind of like I'm good
1: (laughs) right but that's good that's awareness so at least that's that's like the first step you're aware so now you can kind of break down those barriers a little bit and like look at why and it'll take you outside of your comfort zone. Maybe go on a date with someone different.
0: Yeah. Do you have people that typically come to you? Where are they in terms of like their readiness for a mate? Um, I think most of
1: them are pretty ready. Um, some might be a little picky <laughs> on, um, on their checklist, but I think most are pretty ready, um, emotionally.
0: Let's talk more about pickiness for a second because I think that that's something that most people listening will probably agree with. I know I can. And sometimes I wonder, like, am I too picky? Like, and I know we talked before about settling a little bit, but maybe there's a difference between settling and being overly picky, right? So, like, what are some what are some ways that you can talk people down from the pickiness?
1: Um, I think just, like, doing, like... I do, like, a five non-negotiable. So what are, like, the five things that are non-negotiable for you? And then if someone... You know, just five as opposed to 10 or 20.
0: <laughs> That's really smart.
1: <laughs> and, and it's like, this is the thing too. Sometimes I'll talk to, you know, trying to match someone up and they'll be like, oh, no, no, no. And it's like, okay, I'm not asking you to marry them or even be their boyfriend or girlfriend. It's just go meet them for a meal, you know? Yeah.
0: Do <laughs> so, you believe, because I so this is my theory on dating, especially if you're doing like the online thing. Uh-huh. I, I had this rule that I will absolutely not meet for like a dinner. The first time I meet someone, it has to be either like maybe a cocktail or coffee, but like, I just don't want, this is going to sound so horrible, but I just don't want to commit to like a whole evening or like hours on end with somebody that you may not feel that connection to. Do you have thoughts on that? Am I weird? Crazy? What's up?
1: (laughs) No, you're pretty normal. But, um, I, and I understand kind of where you're coming from, but I think if you screen a little bit better, so I guess, I guess I'm kind of contradicting myself here. Um, but get on the date, but also like screen that person a little bit more. Are there other things that you think you can do to screen them more to make sure that you actually would want to have a dinner with them?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What are some things that you would suggest in terms of screening someone? Because obviously, there's like instinctual things that come to mind. But let's say that's that you, you know, you're pairing people up and you want to. What are some ways you would give them to screen, perhaps?
1: Uh, just talk with them on the phone a couple times before, and don't make it just super quick. Um, you know, after you get the number, maybe talk like. I don't know three times on the phone um for a good like you know at least at least 10 minutes 10 to like 30 minutes to really get to know each other um and ask questions and then and then get on the date and make sure you see enough photos too um yeah. to make sure you know at least totally. fi- at least five yeah
0: totally yeah i would say probably yeah. more than five
1: yeah more <laughs> than
0: five and then do lunch maybe do a lunch there you go. You're not wasting your whole night. Do lunch. Yeah.
1: Don't do dinner because it's like I don't even like when drinks are totally involved unless you kind of You can have a cocktail at lunch. But um, I like day dates. Those are
0: my preference. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't really do day dates. That's kind of cool. I like that idea. Yeah. Now, can you tell us some fun stories about maybe like obviously without naming names, but like some of the best experiences you've had matching people and maybe give us one of the worst that just did not work out well for them?
1: Uh, I mean, the best is when I have, I've had a client and then the first girl I fix them up when they get married. Um, yeah. so that's really exciting. Um, the worst, you know, I guess the worst is just the pickiness. Like, you know, will you date someone one inch taller than your guideline? You know, that's kind of, kind of hard when someone doesn't really go outside of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: What are some tools and tricks that you personally use to stay inspired or motivated in your life?
1: Inspired or motivated? Um, hmm. You know, I really, uh, I just keep going.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes that's it.
1: I challenge myself. Um, I think if you don't challenge yourself and you have your own business, you'll lose interest and get bored very quickly. Um, And my clients challenge me.
0: For sure, um, yeah. I want to talk a bit about entrepreneurship. What what inspired you to want to work for yourself? Because you've been doing this for a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, probably since I was born. <laughs> I don't. I've always had a few jobs um, to keep me busy, um, and I I just I've always wanted to work for myself. Um, but even though I work for myself, I still feel like I have uh, a lot of bosses. I feel like my clients are kind of my bosses. So I'm still working with them. Um, cause I still want to please them and make sure they're happy. So it's kind of like I have, am working for a few people. Uh, for sure. Yeah.
0: If you were talking to someone, cause there's a lot of people out there that feel like they want to get started with a business and maybe it's not necessarily matchmaking, but I think that the rules of business typically apply across the board. So if I want to get started with something and I feel kind of stuck or I don't know where to begin, um, what, what is a piece of advice that you would give somebody that wants to go out there and get started but really doesn't know where or how?
1: Uh, well, I think uh, to get involved. Um, just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean you're like the big head honcho and you don't need to learn from anyone. So I think really getting involved um, where there's other people of like minds, finding a mentor, I think, to learn from someone else who's doing what you want to do. Um, is huge. Like, you need to be able to learn from someone. And then you can take what what you like from them and, you know, ignore what you don't like. Um, take classes. Um, yeah, but just getting connected with others that, are, that have the same interests.
0: I love it. What motivates you most in life?
1: Um, helping others. When I see others ha- happy, uh, I get inspired, and it makes me happy and more inspired, and I want to keep doing it, so...
0: I love it. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you could go back in time and give one piece of advice to your 18 year old self, what would it be? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of things, I guess. Um, I guess uh, that it will just all be okay. There'll be many ups and downs, um, but I believe our lives will unfold the way that they're supposed to. Um, so just take it day by day.
0: I love it. Yeah. Um, you have unlimited money and resources tell us how you're going to change the world.
1: Hmm. Well, I mean, I think education is huge. I think educating the world will help the world, um, and create oneness. Um, I think it'll help destroy the ignorance, um, which is what keeps us separate. So world peace, I guess, as corny as this sounds. <laughs>
0: Good stuff. No, that was yeah. like an intelligent, that was an intelligent way of describing world peace. So okay. I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Well, what is your definition of success and do you think you've achieved it?
1: Uh, to me, it's just being happy uh, in the moment, like where you are in life right now. So kind of what you said before, um, just being happy in the present, happiness in the present is my definition of success.
0: I like it a lot. What do you hope the world looks like five years from now? Maybe as it pertains to love, is it just overall?
1: Um, yeah, I hope there's more love love and understanding. I hope more people, um, you know, it's kind of like in order to get love, you have to give it. So I think the more people kind of take, break down that wall and just give love, um, the more they'll get it back.
0: Completely agree. What do you hope will be your legacy?
1: Um, I guess love, love and understanding. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it I like all it. boils down to love <laughs> i feel like we should hug now or something <laughs>
0: seriously right totally totally um love it good stuff good stuff thanks chelsea um Great tell us time. where we can connect with you on the web
1: uh my website is chelseaautumn.com my name and so you can find me there or just um google chelsea Autumn at any of the other social media sites
0: awesome and if someone wants to work with you tell us a little bit about how that works
1: Uh, they could email me and we could talk.
0: Cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Chelsea, I want to thank you so much for chatting with me today. I love your perspective and all the stuff you're doing to make the world a better place and keep people in love and happy.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Sean.
0: All right. I want to thank Chelsea so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope you did too. Now, as always, you can find the links for everything we talked about today in the show notes, which can be found at thinkoutsidethelinescom slash podcast. And if you're enjoying the show, please head over to iTunes and subscribe. And if you have a second, I'd really appreciate if you left a review. Now, until next time, go out there and do what makes you happy. And remember, the best way to predict the future is to create it. For more information, please visit thinkoutsidethelines.com.